The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the one of the only Tammy Underwood. Say hi, Tam. Hi, everybody. I'm a little toasty. (laughs) My head's a little going woo. I just took a little sip of that peppermint moonshine. It's not... Bad. It's not great, it's not but great, I mean, but, you know, I mean, I'm not a big fan of shine, anyways. But I am if it's good smooth shine. But yeah, this isn't smooth, man. No, that wasn't smooth. These commercial moonshine makers seem to think that it has to be rough. It doesn't. If you're good. No, shining, I've had real shine, and it was delicious. Smooth. I mean, it knocked me on my ass because yep. I wasn't used to it. But it was like as soon as I took that first like swig, I was like. This tastes good. A good shiner can make that shit smooth as glass, man. And these the the commercial guys just don't fucking get that. Yeah, they, they don't understand. Almost like cheap vodka people. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. All right, so today I'm doing Bradley Robert Edwards, aka the Claremont Killings. Dun dun dun. dun. Nothing. Dun dun. You just give me this look like I'm an asshole or something all the time. Um, because I've been listening to you all day. Wait till you hear me at oh, your house. Oh, wait a suck it in. <laughs> wait till you Shut hear up. me at your house with your mom. I hate you. So Bradley Robert Edwards was born on December 7th of 1968 to Bruce and Kay Edwards in Merid- Meriden, West Australia. Good day, mate. Good day. Hi, <laughs> mate. Uh, what was it, shrimp on the Barbie? Yeah. yeah. Throw another ship, shrimp on the Barbie. The first few years were spent living in a caravan with his parents and brother, which they moved according to where the jobs were. Mm-hmm. His father worked for Testra um, as a telecommunications technician, uh, and that company would actually later change and, and become Telecom. Okay. Okay. Um, after a merger. Though Edwards grew up fairly poor, he still had a secure home life, supportive parents, and experienced no notable trauma. Okay. So, you know, we're not, you know, the... So there's not a whole lot of childhood abuse, or any childhood abuse. Right, right. Which actually shocked me, because a lot of our killers, you know... Oh, yeah. But there's some that we've had that have, like, had really good childhoods that turn out to be horrible fucking monsters. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So there's, like, really no... I mean, you can... You can probably say, okay, a lot of serial killers have had bad childhoods. But a lot of them but, out of Australia, yeah. it's usually something in their childhood that comes, especially in Australia. Nothing against you Australians, by the way. I got friends that live over there. No, but um, even in general, though, too, you know. But, yeah, so here's this kid. Yeah, they're piss-ass poor, and they're moved around a lot. But, you know, his parents are supportive. They love him, you know. So that's right. why this one kind of took me aback. His parents were... Uh, Eventually able to save up enough money to buy a house in Huntingdale. Oh, okay. So finances, they, they remain pretty tight. Uh, and it was some years before they were able to actually buy carpet and cement floors. So we're talking a dirt-floored house. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. We know what that's like. Oh, how? Edwards, as a kid, was uh, he was actually teased for being shorter than everybody else and wearing glasses. Because, you know, kids are fucking assholes. Oh, they are. But from what we can tell, 
it's mostly just verbal teasing and no, no physical bullying. Like okay. he wasn't getting the shit knocked out of him constantly. Please. Although he, he probably got into fights because every kid does. Yeah, you want to know what's something horrible is when I was in sixth grade. I mean, I have a lazy eye, and when I was in sixth grade, they tried to send me to um, optical therapy. And so there were many times when I had to wear a patch over my eye at school. Do you know how many? I mean, I was called a pirate. I, I knew was, the pirate one had to I mate. Um, I can't, <laughs> there were so many jokes. And it's like, I'm not a killer. Hey, that means if you're playing Wheel of Fortune, you'd be like, can I buy an eye? <laughs> you like that yeah. one? No. <laughs> no, I hated having to do that. <laughs> no, that sucks because kids are assholes. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where you're at around the world. Or what school you go to, or your 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 financial situation. Yeah, if you don't have the right name brand jeans, name brand shoes, hairdo, proper hairspray, you're screwed. Yeah, because kids are little fucking dicks. I That's why I don't shit. like children. I'm telling you, <laughs> dicks. So, as a teen, he was known by the neighbors for breaking into their homes and stealing women's panties in nineties. Yeah. Um. If he didn't just snag them off the clotheslines altogether, like, you know, hey, they're in the backyard and I, I'm going to grab panties and 90s and stuff. But it plays into this. Go ahead. Make a joke, motherfucker. I'm keeping my mouth shut. Oh, no, you got you get that look. No, like I'm keeping joke. my mouth shut. So. Did you steal panties from clotheslines? I don't wear women's panties. Biatch. Now. At all. Back then. Not even back then. Whatever. That's not what Phil said. No, I'm kidding. You notice the silence? Just saying. We're not amused. Don't forget you have to put that willow bark on my neck. Too late now, motherfucker. Suffer. Edwards reportedly only was able to, quote, get off while wearing women's clothes. Okay. Which, uh, honestly. Whatever, dude. Even though it's weird. I've got some friends that are kind of like that, and they're, they're, they're not gay. They're straight. No, but that doesn't say anything bad because it's not like he's, like, having to rape a woman to get off. Oh. But he's wait. just wearing her underwear. I'm just saying, but as wait. of right now. Right. Exactly. Okay. Edwards finished school with good grades. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he wasn't like a slouch. Then he followed in his dad's footsteps and uh by working for telecom as a technician for three decades, okay. 30 years of work. I was going to say, didn't you work for like a telecom? I did. I, uh, I did fiber optics for a little while, splicing, and uh, built a, a whole entire cable system with my okay. brother Phil before he became a total douche canoe. There was ever a point when he wasn't? I've only heard bad stories. I know. To Phil, my, my brother and I used to be tight, man. And oh, then all okay. of a sudden one day he just became, just became him. So fuck it. Became him as in him or no, him as in himself? Him and just himself. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So on February 15th of 1988, Edwards broke into the home of a classmate. The classmate's sister was home alone. He held her in the bedroom, stuffed the cloth into her mouth, and straddled her, laid across her stomach. So Edwards left the stolen kimono that he was wearing while raping her. Uh, with DNA at the scene. Well, that's genius. Yeah. So What year was this again? This is an 88. Oh, okay. But it's going to progress a little bit. But right, wait, well, there's more. We all know that DNA happened overseas before it came over here, so. DNA always happens. Shut up, dude. I'm going to go get some water. Keep talking. Have the intern do it. No, he's busy. Get some water. 
On May 7, 1990, Edwards was sent on a job at Hollywood Hospital. This is in Australia, not Hollywood, California, right, folks. A 40-year-old social worker was sitting at her desk when, he, when, he grabbed, when she was grabbed from behind. Material was forced into her mouth, and she was dragged backwards across the room with an arm across her chest and her arm. So it's you know, binding her really tight, right? Okay, got it. Then she was raped. The previous day, however, and I have a note on this, Edwards received a, uh, was receiving a lot of pressure to get married to his first wife, and they actually married in 1991. Okay, so, so pressure from who? His Probably his family. Okay, I was going to say from her or his family. Probably a combination of both. And here's my side note on it. I can see why this would cause a stress reaction from Bradley. He's obviously having some feelings of femininity, which at the time was considered odd and frowned upon. Because, you know, Australia's, it's it's an inmate colony. Right. Or was, but now everybody's manly man. Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure most of Australians can track their heritage back to an inmate. I'm not, I mean, no I'm, problem, that's not yeah. being mean, but... Except for the aboriginal. Right, but I, that's why I said most. So we were unable to find the name of his wife at the time, by the way. After getting this back from my researcher, I checked myself and couldn't find anything on his wife at the time that mentioned her name. That might be because of the next part of the story. I'm waiting. I knew you were waiting. In 94, he caught his wife cheating on him with a housemate who was formerly a co-worker. Ouch, man, that's fucked up. Yeah. Came home early, I guess, right? The man moved out within a few weeks, despite Edward saying... She came early. (laughs) If it was on Christmas, we could say Christmas came early. Despite Edward saying uh, that he should stay, he moved out because he was scared of the rifle and the baseball bat that he kept under his bed. No shit, yo. Hey, you can stay. Yeah, that's borrowed time shit right there. Just wait till you go to bed. Yeah, I was like, look, man, I boned your wife. Doesn't mean I'm that fucking stupid. No <laughs> shit, yo. A, man. I was dumb once, and I'm not dumb twice. <laughs> Edward's wife says he spent all of his time on his computer. Consequently, she slept alone, and she was just lonely. Okay. Which, that makes, makes sense, sense, right? Well, his wife left him shortly after the housemate moved out. And Edward seemed completely unfazed about the affair and the separation. Like, yeah, hey, I don't give a fuck. Later. Yeah. Adios, bitch, nachos. Which, and it also brings me to some things that maybe he had some latent homosexual feelings. Yeah, some repressed. That's, yeah, and it's not just because of the, the women's 90s and things like that. No. It's the, when you're, even if you're not having sex with your wife. Right. A divorce is going to affect you. True. Um, you know, it's, it's going to affect you on an emotional level. Catching her screwing another dude is going to affect you. It just seems to me like he didn't give a shit. And it's like, okay, Yeah, I was well, going to say, even if you didn't have a whole lot of affection left for her, there's still that violation of trust. Right. You know what I mean? And this had none, none of that with him. He's like, yeah. I don't care. It just fucking happened. Just Who cares? Dude, whatever. On February 15th of 1995, an unnamed 17-year-old was walking home at night, and she was grabbed. A bag thrown over her head, and she was forced into a van. Her hands and ankles were bound with already prepared cables. Ooh. She was raped both vaginally and anally. Ooh. She was found at the Karakata Cemetery 
half naked and still bound. Okay, what a worse place to leave somebody is tied up in a cemetery. Right, you know, and my comment on this one here that I wrote after reading this was, I can only imagine the pure terror of this young girl. Obviously, due to her age, um, her name was not released. Well, obviously, yeah. Because she's a minor. I mean, I'll tell a quick story about, because when I was in high school, we used to always hang out at the cemetery to, like, drink and have fun and everything. And we were all playing tag, and I'll never forget running through the cemetery, and there was, like, a freshly dug grave. So I'm like, oh, who just died? And I looked at it, it was, like, from 17-something. I screamed, and I've never been in a cemetery at dark again. They're after you. I know. The coming for you, Squatch. My boyfriend actually had to come over and walk me out of the cemetery, because I, <laughs> like, froze. I was scared. <coughs> I've seen too many horror movies. I know oh, what happens. Too. And I'm a huge zombie fan. I know. I'm a I know what happens. <laughs> Give me a minute. I got Oh no, I get it. I wish I could I just have this like I wonder if it's because of the weather. It probably and is. I it's sleep been with changing. my window open a little. And it's been changing back and forth yeah. and back and forth. It's I mean we go from the... like seventy to fifty to seventy to thirty. Yeah. It's freaking it's horrible. Ridiculous. Mother nature's so fucking bipolar. Fucking Pacific Northwest. <laughs> On January 27th of 96, Sarah Spires, 18 years old, left Club Bayview in the center of Claremont around 2 o'clock in the morning. She used a payphone to call for a taxi at 2.06, asking to be taken to Mossman Park. Spires was spotted waiting on the corner of Sterling Road and Sterling Highway by three witnesses. Okay. They saw an unmarked car stop where she was waiting and it kind of appeared like they were engaging with each other. In her inebriated state, did she think that maybe this was the taxi that she had called for? Probably. It's a very good possibility, right? At 2.09 a.m., when the taxi arrived, she wasn't there. Neighbors awoke to screams near Mossman Park and saw a light-colored station wagon. And Edwards, by the way, drove a white Toyota Camry station wagon at the time. Mm-hmm. So that's how they imagine this. Anyway, her disappearance created a mass, uh, uh, created a massive uh, publicity, a massive amount of. Uh, oh yeah, publicity. oh yeah. To this day, no one knows what happened to her. Within forty-eight hours, the major case squad took over the investigation. You know, it's serious when they get a major case squad. It's got to be better than the freaking Italians. Sunday. Isn't it Australia, though, that launched like five different operations that one time with that one dude? That was England. Oh, that was England. Yeah, okay. that, that, that was England, the one we were laughing about. Yeah. Like, like it's Operation I'm Having Toast Day. Yeah. It's Operation shit. Tea and Crumpets. Yeah. Yeah. That was insane. <laughs> all trying to find the same dude. Yeah. And all fucking just kind of skirting around each other like, oh, we can't share that with your yeah. squad. We're all looking for the same guy, but. Sunday, June 9th of 96, Jane Rimmer, and I love that last name. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Rim job? Rimmer. I know. Yeah. I said rim job. Yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Oh, yes. Look, blah, 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 blah. I'm channeling you today, so follow along. Thinking about a little bit of butthole looking? That's not what I was thinking about, but Tossing okay. the salad? <laughs> Toss salad. Yum. Oh, that's fruit salad. Yummy, yummy. That's when gay people do it. That's the Wiggles from Australia. So anyway, uh, she was a, a child care worker, and she was out with her friends. They'd been at uh, Ocean Beach Hotel and then went on to the Continental Hotel before making their way to Club Bayview, much like our last Vic. Okay. 
Upon seeing the long lines at the club with her friends, eh, her and her friends decided to call a taxi and go home. Well, Rimmer actually opted to stay. And she was last seen by security footage outside the Continental Hotel at 12.04 a.m. 55 days later, 55 fucking days later, on August 3rd, her body was found 25 miles south, naked, in a brushland near Woolcut Road in Wellard by a family uh, by a family that was out picking wildflowers. Okay. A brown wooden-handled folding knife with a telecom logo was found on Woolcut Road. Oh. So it's kind of matching up, right? Right. Excuse me while I hit this joint. It's actually a cigarette. It is a camel blue. It is. People. I don't know why they... The, the colors are stupid as shit. They're camel lights. I know. And I asked somebody why they changed it to colors. Well, we don't want anybody to think that's a safer cigarette. If you think that any cigarette is safe, then you are truly a fucking moron. God. No shit, yo. You don't have to change it to camel blue. I know. I started smoking Marlboro Smooth because it wasn't quite menthol. It was more mint. And it's still a cigarette. It's a cigarette. Yeah. It's fucking so many deep. So anyway, Edward's divorce was finalized in 96. And it was around the time of Rimmer's murder Edwards discovered that she was pregnant with the former housemate's kids. Double ouch, man. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not, Rimmer wasn't pregnant. We're talking about his ex-wife was pregnant. You're right. Yeah. That's I got it. In case people didn't know, wait a minute. Well, Rimmer, she's dead. No. Catch up. God damn it. Pay attention. Pay attention. Be a test at the end of this. <laughs> or ruler. I'll have to spank your butt. Get a ruler and tap. Hey, some chicks are into that, man. Well, you know, whatever. So Western Australians set up a task force called Macro to investigate the murders of Rimmer and the disappearance of Spires. Macro had over 100 members spread across 10 teams. Strict confidentiality protocols were enforced. Details regarding the crimes were suppressed. On March 15th of 97, Clara Glennon a 27-year-old lawyer from Mossman Park, disappeared from Claremont. She was there with friends and had decided to make her own way home. She's like, eh, I'll hitchhike it. I'll do whatever. I'll right. probably catch a cab. That's probably what they mean. But So three men at a bus stop saw her walking down the road at about 1230 in the morning. That's a.m., not p.m. And uh, anyway, she was talking... Uh, was someone with a light-colored vehicle, which had stopped near her. Her half-naked body was found by a bushwalker, hike, which is a hiker in Australia. They're walking the bush, mate. 25 miles north of Eddington. Ed- Eddington? Ed- yeah. Eddington? It's E-G-I-N-T-O-N. Oh, okay. Eddington? Eddington, okay, fine. Both Rimmer and Glennon showed defensive wounds... And had a large neck, and had large neck wounds caused by a blade or a, some other sharp-edged instrument. They were posed in the mirror. Uh, they're posed in mirror. Oh, they're posed in mirror images oh, of okay. each other. That makes a little bit more fucking. I was to say, how do you get posed in a mirror? But yeah, got then it they, now. Then they say, "Come on, Vogue." <laughs> I know that whole song by Madonna. <laughs> Because I'm slightly gay. 
<laughs> anyway, they were laying almost face down. Do you know like a virgin too? I do. I dated so many fucking models that I know way more Madonna songs than what any straight guy should fucking know. Way hey, more. Hey, I found out New Kids might be touring again. Will you buy me tickets? No. Whatever. Will you take me and get me back to your... No. Please. Please. Laying almost face Please. down and covered in... Can I finish my fucking alcohol? I'm going to piss on you right now. Okay. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm just giving you a hard time because I knew it'd gross you out. Ugh. Like, you say shit to gross me out? I don't say it to gross you out. I say it for you to get used to me making sweet love to your mom. To gross me out. Because she wants it. She even said so. Laying, laying almost face down and covered in the branches and the vegetation. That's how they were both posed. This was just weeks after the house of Edwards and his first wife was sold. Okay, that makes sense. God damn it. Everything's dry up in my nose and shit. So the police investigation. Western Australian government offered a $250,000 reward for information. Okay. This was the largest reward at the time. Macro first investigated the unidentified vehicle and the unidentified man witnesses had seen, but it provided no leads. Okay. Which makes sense, right? I mean, you have to think. It's a, it's a Toyota station wagon. It's light-colored. Yeah. Uh, That's like There's probably common. a whole lot. Yeah, and it's a white guy that she was talking to. A white guy? That's wow. amazing. In Australia, of all places. Wow. How much more generic and vanilla can he ah? Oh, and he, and he sounded Australian. <laughs> he had a Foster's and said "Good day" made a lot. Well, then, thinking since Benjamin. the women had found themselves in in situations where they would use a taxi, they fingerprinted and DNA tested thousands of taxi drivers licensed to operate in Western Australia. 78 drivers with significant criminal histories had their licenses revoked. Okay. This didn't rule out any unlicensed taxi drivers, though. Stricter standards enforcing the decommissioning of taxis were enforced. It was a great idea and probably needed, but so far, off the mark. In regards to the crimes. Yeah, totally. It's like, you guys are looking in the whole wrong fucking place, dude. Yeah. All right, so Edward gets married again. This is marriage part two. <laughs> you, you've got nothing. He's got nothing on you. No, he doesn't, man. I've, I have a whole trilogy, uh, or not, a whole series of marriages. You do. You have a saga. I do. I got the saga. That's the word I was looking for. I have a sad song. Anthology. <laughs> Anthology. That's another good one. In April of 97, Edwards met his second wife when he came to fix her phone at work. Okay. That is a porn waiting to happen. Hey, baby, I'm the That's phone like repairman. That's like the pool boy. Yeah. I'm here to fix your phone. Oh, hold on. I, I think, think it's you, funny how you have the porn music down I think pat. you dropped something on the ground. Oh, I see you're not wearing panties. And walks the friend. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, your friend can join. I've watched way too much porn you from have. the 70s. You have sent me way too much porn. Hey, the one where the guy's putting his head up at the woman's vagina is epic. Dude, that... To still, 
is traumatizing. My son actually uh, asked me via text uh, on Friday, and I was driving. Uh, he said, do you still have that? And I said, why? He goes, somebody keeps texting me and bugging me. I'm going to send him that porn. That's how I'll find it for you. <laughs> I couldn't find oh, it. Oh, no shit, yo. I would love, I should do that to those people that text me all the time. You should send it I, to me again. I'll save it. I did it to, um, I had, a, I can't remember what they, it was from a regular phone number and they, it was something, I can't remember, it was one of those stupid fucking solicitations. So I sent them a thing that said, thank you for signing up for Porn Unlimited. And then I sent him that right there. Haven't heard shit. Let's just say, have you heard back from him? Nope. I wish. Yeah, I should use that on these people that keep testing me about some freaking dietless pill to lose weight. <laughs> so anyway, they married sh- uh, shortly after. The wife already had a daughter, and Edward actually became a devoted stepfather. Oh. They borrowed fourteen grand from his parents for a down payment on a house. Well, finances were tight for him. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> as, Ed, as Edwards would say, quote, mom and dad used to drop us off food so that we could have something to eat. That's good parents, man. Make yeah. sure your kids are fed, which I would do the same for mine. At some point, his wife became frightened and feared for her life. So she started documenting his bank transactions. It is unknown what she uh, found that frightened her so greatly. Well, uh, she left him in 2015. <laughs> what? It's like, I don't know what she found, but... Yeah, that's what I was scratching my head when I was going over this with my researcher. I was scratching Do you my head. wonder if she found, like, proof that he had been in those areas during those time, the times of the murder? No, I don't think that's it at all, because remember, the macro squad was suppressing all the information. Oh, okay. So... I don't know what she found that freaked her the fuck out. And I couldn't find her it name It could have been freaking porn or something, you know? Shit. 1-900. It could have been something innocuous, like he's, what, he, she came home and he's wearing like her 90. Hey, or, what are you doing? Or she could have seen that he was watching gay porn and it freaked her out. It could. It could have frightened her, you know? Maybe he was sitting there in her 90, though, singing, Happy birthday, Mr. Mr. President. President. And she's all, whoa. What the fuck are you doing? Oh, nothing. Your name I, is not Marilyn. I must I must be sleepwalking or something. No, that's that's my pink nighty, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. No. All right, so now we have a list of suspects. Right? Of course we do. Of course we do. But we're not in Italy. We're not in Italy, so I don't think they're as dumb as they were. April of 98, Lance Williams, 41 years old, was identified as the main suspect. He had been spotted driving and circling the Claremont area up to 30 times during the string of operations uh, where the police had hoped to lure the killer in. Okay. Williams and his parents were subjected to high levels of surveillance and scrutiny for two years. In 2008, police officially declared him no longer a suspect. I would hope so. After two years of fucking following this guy. Yeah, you would, you know... You know, yeah. and waiting off. Well, it was a total of fucking 10 years from 98 to, uh, you know, 2008. Anyway, after 10 years of being listed as a suspect for the crime he did not commit and will now forever know to be linked with him, Williams died in 2018. Right. Police also investigated Bradley Murdoch. Murdoch was serving as a custodial servant. Uh, serving a custodial service from November of 95 to fe- February of 97. 
So he could not have committed these crimes. Okay. In October of 2006, Mark Dixie became the next prime suspect. His DNA was requested. Presumably, it didn't match as he was ruled out as a suspect, too. Presumably, huh? You would think. Obviously, since we know who the killer is. And I'm, at this point is when I start, start thinking to myself right now, well, these Italian cops that got transferred over there, you did such a great job with, uh, with, with, with this killing with, yeah. that you couldn't solve. I'm going to send you over to Australia. <laughs> Good you guys job, are a yo. Crack fucking team of investigators. Dude, Elliot Ness. <laughs> oh, my God. During this time, Macro received heavy criticism for not resolving the crimes and focusing narrowly on one suspect. Despite lack of evidence to the um, exclusion of other leads. Okay. The team was reviewed 11 times in 2005. The investigation was moved back to the special cases squad. Right. Later, a detective requested to re-examine the DNA evidence from the kimono in the 1988 rape case. See how that plays back in? Yeah. Ah. Got it. On December 12, 2016, Bradley Robert Edwards was arrested at his home. <coughs> There, they couldn't even wait for him to leave. Well, there had been no previous links to the cases until that DNA. Wow. He had a calm demeanor and expressed confusion regarding the arrest. Well, we're going to get into some other speculations at the end of this, believe me. Edwards appeared mildly uh, agitated when informed that there was DNA evidence and a sample of his DNA would, would be taken for comparison. Okay. In his home and garage, investigators found extreme pornography, which is probably why his wife was like, okay, you're a weird motherfucker. There we go. Women's underwear with holes cut to accommodate male genitalia. You can buy it like that. You can buy it like that. If you don't know what genitalia is, it's pecker. Sandwich bags filled with semen and tied off with hair scrunchies. Homemade sex toys. What? Yeah. (laughs) Why? Oh, no. Let's ask him. Why would you want bags of semen? That makes no sense. So I'm glad that you asked. Like, when I'm out there raping, I like leaving other people's semen all around so they don't track it back to me. Um, gotcha. And then, the, then there's some girls who just want that protein shake. So Salty. Whoever I'm going to throw up, literally. Whoever you got this from should have been eating some pineapple. Some veggies or something. Little veggies. <laughs> Lay up the donuts. Homemade sex tapes. Okay. Um, homemade sex toys. Uh, and on his computer, stories detailed. Uh, storage, I think. Detailing. Oh, stories detailing abduction, rape, and killing young women. Okay. Though there were no trophies found, the stories echoed the experiences of his victims. One story edited just a just days before his arrest, open with, they say you remember your first. In my case, I consider my first Chloe. Oh. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So he was writing these stories. Yeah. Okay, now I got it. None of Edward's family and friends, with the exception of his second wife, suspected Edward's. 
As police commissioner Carl Carl O'Callaghan. That sounds Irish. That's not just Irish. That is a cop name if I have ever seen that in my life. Like, this this guy was born a cop. He came out and he said, Hi, my name's Carl O'Callaghan. I'm here to be a cop. <laughs> work Give for me my Scotland badge. Yard. <laughs> Gonna work for Scotland Yard. So I can see Nessie. <laughs> At the lock, I see Nessie. But that's so more bad. Scottish. On the outside, at least, and we, uh, where the fuck was it? Okay. Oh, O'Callaghan said, on the outside, at least, and we know this from people who have been close to Edwards, he seemed like a perfectly normal man going about his business, getting involved with coaching kids and the whole range of other community activities. Okay. Charges and the trial. Dun, 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 dun. I really got to buy some fucking sound effects. So I can... February 22nd of 2018, so still fairly recent, Ed- Edwards was charged with three counts of murder and five counts of rape. On October 9, uh, on, in, in October of 2019, he pled guilty of the rape charges. Okay. The trial of Edwards would become the longest and most expensive trial in Western Australia history to this day. Okay. <clears throat> Prosecution moved that Edwards be tried without a jury due to the high publicity surrounding the case. The motion was granted. Edwards declined to have any to have a psychological evaluation done. And opted not to testify. Smart move, by the way. He didn't testify. Right. That's the smartest fucking yeah, thing that you is, can do. Yeah, that is, I mean, a lot of defense attorneys will say no. Yeah, you know you, you know what you do when you're up for murder charges? You don't say fucking shit. Yeah, in interrogation or your trial or in between. Yeah, or in between. You just keep your fucking flap trap closed. Mm-hmm. The trial began November 25th of 2019 before the Supreme Court Justice Stephen Hall. Two of his previous rape victims testified as to the ordeal Edwards had put him through. One ran from the stands in tears when the details were stated. The third third rape victim opted to have her police statement read on the stand. DNA found under Glennon's fingernails matched the DNA found on the kimono that was left. That was for that first rape? Right. Defense argued... It could cross. It was cross contaminated, which occurred in the lab when it's being tested. Which hey, that's it's legit. Yeah, it's happened. It's happened. A security guard testified as to seeing a telecom van outside, Caracatta, uh, Caracatta, goddamn, cemetery, for no apparent reason, multiple times before. And after the 1995 attack and before Spears in 1996's appearance, disappearance. Now, that right there I'm going to call a bullshitter on because telecom vans are everywhere. It could everywhere. Have been, it could have been a different dude working for a telecom, you know. Uh, and when, when I say telecom, I mean like telecommunications right. companies. So it could be Cox Cable. It could be uh, Time Warner. It could Comcast. Be Comcast. Infinity. You know, uh I know that when I was doing telecom work and splicing, like, I would park on a street and have my lunch. You know, I didn't sit there and go, well, 
uh, you know, I'm here for no reason. Yeah. I fucking think about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm stopping and blasting the AC because it's summer in Palm Springs. And I want to eat my fucking lunch. The real Palm Springs? The real Palm Springs. Not like fucking. The Palm Springs of Washington? You know, yeah, come on. Yeah, come on. Sounds like somebody's hawking loogie. Yeah, it looks like that too there. Mm-hmm. A witness identified a Series 1 VS Commodore station wagon as having driven past him at the bus stop shortly after Glennon walked past. It had distinctive teardrop hubcaps. Between April of 96 and December of 98, Edwards drove a white VS Series station wagon with Telstra logos. I think that's the first before they became Telcom. Could be. The Telstra? Yeah, mm-hmm. Telstra. This vehicle was tracked down and impounded the day of his arrest. Fibers from the car matched those found on Rimmer and Glennon. Defense argued the fibers could not have come from, they, they could have come from a similar vehicle. Mm-hmm. His second wife testified that she had become afraid for her life during their marriage, but was interrupted by the prosecution before she could state why. Right. June 25th of 2020. So now we're in the middle of a pandemic. After seven months and 200 witnesses testifying under COVID restrictions, Justice Hall retired to consider his verdict. On September 24th of 2020, the last day Edwards could be held in custody, he handed down his 619-page verdict. Oh, shit. So this judge is for real. That he sounds like it. Fucking thought about 619 this. 619-page verdict. That's like an inquiry result. Like after they go in and investigate what happened surrounding the crime. No shit. Yeah, who else was involved? Oh, my God. This judge isn't fucking around, man. This Judge Hall I is am. not fucking around. Remind me not to get in trouble. Oh, hey, we can't go to Australia now because I don't want to get in trouble there. No kidding, man. Be a 900-page one with you and I. Edwards was found guilty of the murders of Rimmer and Glennon, but acquitted for Spires. There was, in, there was insignificant evidence as her body had never been found. Mm-hmm. Justice Hall's opinion is that he likely did commit the murder. Okay. But there's not enough evidence. Right. You know, so err on the side of caution, which makes sense. On December 23rd, Edwards was sentenced to life with the possibility of parole after 40 years. 24 years after the disappearance of Sarah Spires, by the way, Edwards has been declined an appeal. In addressing why there was no crimes during the second marriage, uh, Professor Sell, a specialist in offender profiling, states, quote, in many cases, it's impractical. If someone's living with a woman, uh, how he's going to go home and have her not notice the scratches. Yeah. And presumably, he would have a, a lot of blood on him. It's not like he got married and therefore lost the urge to do this. The urge was still there. It's possible that... It's possibly why he's writing stories, but he didn't have the opportunity. Right. So some possible other victims that were involved. Okay. That, that you know, kind of, uh, they, they, they all tie fit in. in. but don't. Yeah, but don't. Okay. 22-year-old Julie Cutler was a university student from Fremont. 
Fremantle? Fremantle? We'll go with that. Yeah, fuck it. Fremantle? Yep. Like media? F-R-E-M-A-N-T-L-E? Yeah, sounds oh, like okay. it. That is exactly how it's spelled. But. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I was getting that right. Yeah. She vanished after leaving a staff function at the Paramelia Hilton Hotel in Perth at 9 p.m. On, Jan- on June 20th of 88. Her car was found two days later in the surf at Cotsol Beach. Her fate is still unknown. Okay. It's pretty obvious that she's probably dead. Right. She's fish Oh, obviously. Lisa Brown, 19, was a sex worker and disappeared on November 10th of 98. She parted ways with her boyfriend at 1230 a.m. Brown was otherwise last seen two hours later on security footage at a gas station. She's still missing. Now, I don't think that's him. Yeah, because I don't think so either. He didn't target sex workers, and that's something that's yeah. very specific. It is. It's a very specific type. Right. Plus, yeah. it seemed to me like his, uh, his hunting grounds was around that club, the Claremont Club or whatever it was, a club in Claremont. Yeah. Thought I heard something outside. It was outside. Oh. It was in the carport. Oh, okay. Because we have somebody coming over. Who's coming over? Oh. Did she bring my stuff? I don't know. Maybe. I'd ask her. Well, I don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't have a number, but I do. Sarah McMall- McMallon, 20 years old, disappeared on November 8th of 2000 after having a drink with a co-worker in Claremont. Now, this one's a possibility. We're in Claremont, at least. We right? are. She was headed to meet a guy about 30 minutes away. McMahon's Ford sedan was found in a hospital car parking lot in in the middle of Swan, way out of the way of her destination. Her phone was later found on a highway near Swan Hospital. There's a strong there's a stronger suspect in her case than Edwards, but since no one knows what happened to her and given the timing and the location in her disappearance, it is possible that Edwards was involved. Okay. It, well, and it kind of makes sense because it's that area. It's, you know. It's the right area. Yeah, she's not a prostitute. She's that, but you know. Also, he's not traditionally taking people's cars That's true out too. of the way, too. So I'm going to call bullshit on most of these. I don't. I think that's, that's true. I think that it's, it's, it's one of those things. Possibility versus probability. Yeah, I mean, even though it's a higher possibility, it's still not. The probability yeah. outweighs the possibility. Yeah. And I don't think it's probable. Of these last possible victims, I think that Edward's uh, involvement in the disappearance of Lisa Brown is most likely. The other two missing women had their own means of transportation. Involvement in their disappearances, uh, in their disappearance, would be a change of modus operandi. This is the notes from my researcher. It's like he lured Spires, Remmer, and Glenn with the promise of a ride home, or in Brown's case, a job. And that doesn't fit with the other. No. Okay, because you got quiet. No, I was thinking at the same time. Sorry. So, nature or nurture? I would say it's probably nature. I think that it might be a little bit of both with him. And you let think me so? tell you why. I think nature definitely, but if you if you look at a lot of serial killers that come from poor, a poor socioeconomic standpoint. Right. 
Oh, that's true. Poorer neighborhoods tend to have more criminal activity. True. And there may have been something wonky that went on, but we don't know. So I think it's that, but definitely there's a lot of nature in there. Yeah. A lot of nature. And I really think that it's the repressed homosexuality. Okay. You know? Um, I mean, I can see that. I think that, like a lot of our killers that have displayed similar right. um, traits, right? I think that if he was allowed or felt safe enough to express right. his homosexuality... Exactly. You know, or, or at bare minimum that he liked to wear women's clothes. Right. If he wasn't shamed by his, you know, spouses or, you know, whatever. Right. Now, yeah, I, I can, can see, see that. I can see why the wife, though, the second wife was freaked out. I mean, if you're reading stories about. Yeah. About brutalizing and then you find this porn that's really brutal and you're not that kind of a person. Right. And no, I get the, it. And given the way he was with his first wife, it doesn't sound like there was a lot of good communication. Right. So if that. If that communication trait continued on through a second marriage, which it most likely most did. likely did, because you know leopard doesn't change its spots. Yeah, precisely. Um, I can see where she would be in fear of her own life. Oh yeah, because you know I'm pretty sure there's some other killings going on at the same time. You think? Because it's Australia, man. <laughs> we get the weird ones out of there. I don't get it. I'm more afraid of their fucking spiders than anything else, though. But anywho, yeah. Do you have anything you want to add to this? No, it was really weird. I thought it was a little bizarre. Yeah, because of all the back and forth with the different suspects first, which is not very common with somebody who you know, you know, when we know who the killer is ahead of time. Right, but you have to think that this guy here was your guy next door. True. This is uh, like the Patrick Kearney of Australia. In in a way, because and I don't mean by the killing style. But no, but yeah, the the, under the radar. Yeah, he's an upstanding citizen. No, he doesn't have the great job that Patrick had. You know, where he's making a shit ton no, of money. No, but he's still got a pretty good job, and it's steady. It's steady work. He's working hard for his family. He's doing. He took on that role as stepdad with great fervor and pride. Yeah, he's proud of his stepkid. You know, his stepdaughter. And Which is kind of rare, too, with the case of a serial killer. Right. You know? So, I mean, he's doing everything he can to be a good person. Yeah. So to speak, by the second one, because all of his killings happened prior to him getting married that second time. Right. So, and I, I think that psychologist, that professor's onto something when he says that the, the need was still there. But, yeah, how are you going to go kill somebody? When you got explain, a kid, and Yeah. Yeah, you gotta come home and explain the blood stains or the scratches that are on you. Right, and a lot of, lot of psychologists will also even profilers will say that if a serial killer stops, there's a very good reason why, mm-hmm. because usually they can't just stop. Well, look at Randy Kraft. Randy oh, yeah. Kraft hooked up with I can't remember his boyfriend's name. Yeah, at for the that time. minute. Yeah, and he quit killing for like. I want to say it was like 18 months. Yeah, it was rough, roughly around that time. Yeah, it was. It was in the double digit months. Yeah. Where there was no killing. Right. And I look at Joseph James D'Angelo, who, you know, who stopped killing. But I believe he did it because the new onset of DNA and he knew he was starting. He was leaving his DNA, but he didn't know that they had collected it. Correct. You know, so what are you going to do? There's always a reason. I don't believe that, like you, I don't believe that any killer just all of a sudden one day wakes up and goes, huh. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going to kill anybody anymore. Yeah, it's not like smoking. And if. If it does happen, I would say that out of, out of every thousand serial killers, it might, might 
happen once. I would say the odds are a lot slimmer than that. Yeah, probably, but, but I'm know, giving it the benefit of the doubt. I know you are giving it the benefit of the doubt, but I personally would say they're a lot slimmer. Yeah, because this is a, it's a characteristic trait. Right. It's a, it's a personality trait. Exactly. And people get used to having a routine. Right. It's like, well, and it's just like, you know, because I would equate it more to a heroin addiction. Yeah. Because fair. those are harder to stop than any other addictions. You know Smoking's what I mean? Smoking's harder to stop than anything. Well, that, I mean, I've quit smoking cold turkey before. I've heard people say that. And to you guys, I go, you guys aren't natural. That's not normal. I mean, I've made decisions. I woke up in the middle that night. I mean, just like, well, when I quit drinking, when I was like at the bottom of a fucking half gallon or bottle or two every day, <laughs> I, I freaking decided one day, I'm like, you know what? I'm done. And, you know, I quit drinking for a long time. Now I just drink socially. So, creepy. Yeah. You have anything else you want to add to this motherfucker? No, dude. That was weird. Yeah, I thought that was a little bizarre. I like that one though. It was good. My next one's a short one, but uh, for for tomorrow's episode. But it's definitely noteworthy. A lot to talk about in that one. All right. Remember, you can send us an email at brutalnation at twistedbluellc.com because we really want to hear from you guys. Hey, those of you who thought about sending us an email, send the motherfucker. Jesus Christ, man. Come on, man up. Yeah, and don't forget that we're revamping our website. So they can't visit our website right now, but they can still send us an email. They can still see us on Medium. No, our, rep- our website's yeah. still up. Oh, I thought we were revamping it totally. Like uh, we he, were wiping it and he, what redoing it. What are, what's going to happen with the website? Because good old WordPress won't work with the new yeah. parameters. Is he's going to design the whole brand new website and then... The one's going to come down. This one, the new one. Will oh, okay. I thought it was, I thought you were saying that we were going to take out the old one in so he could put up the new well, one. Well, we can ask him, we can ask John when he gets yeah. here because he, he'll be here. Oh, he's coming bit. too? Yeah. Well, I have to issue him a whiteboard for him and the girls. So, because oh. everybody gets issued their shit. So, there you go. All right. Remember to catch us on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs, just type in at Brutal Nation. You get the whole story without any of my bullshit. Check out our Patreon page. And, of course, spread the word about the podcast. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your dog. Tell your cat. Tell your gerbil. No, no, don't tell your gerbil because your gerbil is going to tell back on you and where you put it. That ain't right. No, we're not all Richard Gear. <laughs> watch. He's going to sue me now. Yeah, we're getting sued by Richard Gear now. That's fantastic. Thanks. This show's copyrighted 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. We'll see you guys on Friday's episode tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.